Welcome to the Psychology World Podcast. I'm Connor Whiteley, bringing you with psychology news, articles and other interesting psychology related articles. Here I can find the podcast notes and more interesting psychology related things and you can get your free 8 psychology book box set at connorwhiteley.net. Now let's get on to the show. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 168 of the Psychology World Podcast with me, Con Whiteley. And today's episode is on five ways to live longer according to biological psychology. So I know this is a rather different topic from that we normally focus on because to be honest this is like completely separate away from away from like clinical psychology, which is always good. Good though, like and it's always a good to help like broaden our like hey advice and so well. But today's episode specifically focuses on uh, like biological psychology and how our biology can actually impact our behaviour. And I sort of guess that um, in terms of like, this episode, uh, the behaviour that we're looking at uh, is uh, the health and our lifespan duration. And this is a really, really interesting topic that you can really like, learn from today though. But of course, nothing on this podcast is ever sort of, of official advice. And it is the 2nd of September 2022 as I record this. So moving on to psychology news section, we're reading from the British Psychological Society Research Digest. And the first one is, Expressions of shame tell other people how not to behave. We all know that shame feels bad. There's an evolutionary reason for this. Breaking the rules of your social group puts you at, at risk of exclusion. So, feeling bad for breaking those rules encourages you not to do it again. Now, a new paper in Psychological Science reports that when we see someone else looking ashamed, this influences our behaviour too. It seems then that shame doesn't just affect the person who's feeling it, but other people in the group as well. And uh, the reason why this is quite a good one to look at is because, as part of any social group, well, there are specific do's and don'ts, and shame is a sort of, I don't know, sort of like compliance mechanism, well, mechanism that rather actually helps us like stay, yeah, but like stay with the group and to behave as we're meant to, just so we don't risk egg exclusion. And when someone else like breaks those rules and ends up feeling ashamed of them, for themselves, it's a powerful indicator for ourselves, ourselves that just so we can basically learn that let's not end up like that person, so let's not do what they did. So a very useful one. And the second one is, witnessing an R inspiring event like an eclipse makes us more pro-social. Astronomical events such as solar, uh, solar eclipses have has memorised has mesmerized humanity throughout history. And whilst we now un- understand the science behind these occurrences far better than we did hundreds or thousands of years ago, we are far less likely to draw religious or mystical connotations from them. They are still act as a, com- as a communal event of awe and excitement. A new paper in Psychological Science from Sean Godey and their colleagues at the University of California explores how these are feeling in the wake of the 2017 solar eclipse. It finds that those who witnessed the um, eclipse might express more R and more pro-social language than those who did not, and argues that astronomical events could motivate more collective attitudes. 
So this is actually quite an interesting one and we'll, we'll one that we're about to actually like, um, look at it because I sort of remember this because I was like 16 at the time and we didn't see it because <laughs> because of course and this is England it was cloudy like that day yeah yeah but like that day that was, so we didn't get to see it whatsoever and then the only other thing that I want to mention about this is that I think it would be good to see how you could possibly test this because of the idea that a solar eclipse, so quite a rare astronomical event, could lead to more collective attitudes in that sort of individualistic ones, I'm not sure how you could test that. I'm not sure there's a concrete way how you could test it scientifically, but of course though, but this was just a paper arguing the point. So it's a great point, and I really hope that it's true, because we do need more collectivist attitudes at times, but I'm not sure how it would work in practice. So the last one is, online search algorithms reflect and perpetuate gender bias. The problem of a, of a bias in artificial in, in intelligence, and it bang goes the point that I was about to make, <laughs> is of a growing concern. Algorithms have, for example, wrongly classified the faces of black women when detecting gender, wrongly predicted that a black defendant will reoffend twice as often wrongly predicted as a white defendant will re-offend and shown a far more men and women on on Google image searches for the same CEO. This last study found that even biased image searches can actually shape people's beliefs about the number of men and women who hold particular positions. Now a study in, in PNAS goes further. It has again found that internet search algorithms reflect gender biases and that those biases can themselves reinforce social inequality more widely. So there's actually not a great amount that I can say about this except from this is something we absolutely have to be aware of. This is not something we can ignore because this isn't right. This isn't right in the slightest and in a dementia psychology book that I have coming out like next year well, I actually talk about the devastating impact that social inequalities, both gender inequalities and more, more well, we're more than back and actually have devastating impacts on someone's health, future and financial situation. So this is something that we do need to tackle. Yes, it starts with being aware, but something else that I would actually quite like is that these academic papers actually give you some sort of helpful tips that just so you can help be more aware. But of course, in this case, because this is more to do with the search algorithms, this is sort of out of our hands. This is very much on the tech companies to actually do something about it. And of course, most of the tech companies are actually run by men, which there's nothing wrong like, um, with that like, whatsoever. I'm a man and I have no problems like, with that. But this is something that we just need to be aware of and to try and counterbalance it. So I hope you enjoy the psychology news section. So let's move on to the personal update. So we're moving on to the personal update. This week has probably been one of the best weeks I've had for absolutely ages. And I know over the past few months, because there's not been that much psychology related stuff going on, and even when I was on my psychology placement, there wasn't that many little things well, things there that I could actually like tell you. But I'm actually going to change that today because I really do want to talk about um, something personal. Because of course, this is a personal update. <laughs> and to be honest, I'm not sure it really has been for a little while. I guess it might really like short bits. But to be honest, 
this week has been one of the best I've had for quite a while because there's been a lot of, to be honest, there's been a lot of like self-discovery, self-revelations and a lot of learning about myself and and I fully admit that this sounds really weird though, that's what I actually say, but uh, to be honest, what happened was, was that um, if you've got like Netflix or to be honest, even if you haven't, I cannot recommend that one that you actually like get like Netflix even for a month because that's all that I'm like getting it for for though. And you watch Heartstopper Stop Available because it's this absolutely great um gay romance like series in like YA genre. And to be honest, I do not cry at stuff in my entire life and in my hundreds of hours of uh, watching TV and films might even be thousands um i have only ever cried at one other thing and heart stuff actually had me crying like quite a lot though because well because it's like so moving and if you're a gay person it's actually really interesting to see and actually hear stuff if you've like if you've actually never experienced it well yeah well i experienced it and the reason why i'm actually talking about it on the like sorry ecology podcast and i promise you my personal point will actually become clear like in a moment but the reason why i'm talking about it on a like sorry ecology podcast is that these things do um affect mental health quite badly sometimes like um sexuality um societal pressures and basically people judging you and people treating you differently and people thinking that you're a completely different person because of your sexuality. So that I thought was really powerfully done. And season two of A Hot Stopper should actually go into um, one of the main characters having a like eating disorder though. So, so but the program is absolutely brilliant, just like by itself, and as a like lover story between like two boys. But I think if you step back, back, I think there was lots of possible mental health takeaways and things that we could all take if you're straight or not, because it does give you an entirely different perspective though. But the reason why I really liked it and the reason why I'm really interested in um, the actor like Joe Locke at the moment is because his experience compared to mine are like polar opposites though because and I'm actually trying to like, figure out how to keep this a brief though, but his experience and what society has actually taught him and how he looks at about being a gay is a lot more positive, a lot more accepting, etc. So it's really interesting to actually look at his perspective and what he says. So that's led to quite a lot of like um, realizations, a lot of reflecting on like my part. So there was a lot to learn though, so I cannot recommend Heartstopper enough. I really hope that reflection made any sense. <laughs> and then, anyway, other news. Um, the only other interesting thing that I've done, which isn't well, often related, self-reflective um, related, or like Heartstopper related, is that yesterday I actually I applied to be a yes, John's volunteer to be a volunteer um, vaccinator because in the UK the NHS is wanting to um re roll out the like booster program uh, to the uh, vulnerable like this uh, winter and now that i can drive i really like want to do it because i did want to do it in the pandemic but i couldn't drive and it would just been it would have been so much hassle trying uh, to get to a like vaccination center so i applied yesterday and hopefully i'll uh, get it and as always i always uh, love to hear your thoughts and feelings on today's episode so you can always email me, conwhitely, conwhitely.net. You can always leave a comment at the show notes at conwhitely.net forward slash podcast. And you can always tweet me on Twitter at sci-fi-whitely. I always love to hear from all of you because it really helps make the podcast feel more like a conversation.
and today's episode has been sponsored by Biological Psychology 3rd Edition. Or to be honest, if you're listening to this in another future, it's whatever edition it's on. <laughs> and the reason why this is such a, a great sponsor for today's episode is that this book really does that show you in a really clear, easy to understand way. That's actually in engaging and absolutely nothing like the boring textbooks or whatsoever. How our biology impacts our behaviour. Because everyone thinks that behaviour is a many like in like a mental or basically completely down to our biology and our genetics. But neither one is a true though. So but what biological psychology teaches you well teaches you from like um, wide range of the topics like, for example like genetics, our nervous system, um evolution and so many more great topics is that it just shows you that there are so many little factors that are absolutely fascinating and how they affect our behaviour in so many different ways. So I cannot recommend this absolutely brilliant book enough. So that is Biological Psychology, available from all major ebook retailers, and you can get the paperback book and the hardback version from Amazon at your local bookstore or local library if you request it. And if you wanted to buy it directly from me, then you can buy the ebook at payhip.com forward slash Connor And that's a, a great way to help me get like more of the money and compared to the big retailers. But if you didn't want to buy a book, but you still want to need to give the podcast a bit of like one time support, then you can have buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Connor So now the personal update's done, let's move on to the content part of today's episode. So we're moving on to the content part of today's episode. So we're going to be talking about five ways to live longer according to biological psychology. And because I've already done a sort of personal bit and because I've also um, introduced the uh, topic in the um, introduction part of today's episode, I'm actually just going to dive into it. How does autography affect our behaviour? In terms of biological psychology, it is rather rare for us to focus on what happens at the cellular level and how our cells affect us. However, there is a process called autography that affects our behaviour and this is just a critical for us to look at now. Due to autography is the process that our cells use to get rid of all the rubbish inside them by releasing them or letting the rubbish degrade. The things that our cells get rid of in include things like proteins, organelles, and the debris that are no longer effective or efficient to have in the cell. So it is packaged up and effectively kicked out. In terms of our biology and our well-being, autography does not only indicate how well we can live our lives, but it may also in- indicate how long we live for. As a result, this is a key the- uh, physiological mechanism that has been conserved throughout human evolution for the sole purpose of allowing our species to thrive. Therefore, when our, when our autography mechanisms are dysfunctional or overwhelmed, our cells are unable to perform at their peak, and this can result in a person to age more rapidly or to get a disease, especially as the process of autography also includes other biological processes, including lipotography, this is the breakdown of lipids, also known as fats uh, to you and me, by lysoma organelles, mitography, the removal of our damaged mitochondrium, which is a critical form of respiration, and atography. This clears out other cellular proteins as well as a debris, all amongst other biological processes. 
and what makes this really interesting to a psychologist is that, is that most the neurodegenerative conditions like Parkinson's disease and certain forms of dementia are associated with the increase and build-up of both pathologic as well as misfolded proteins. Therefore, if someone has ineffective ontography and their cells are not being cleaned out properly, then this can have serious negative consequences. However, whilst these mechanisms are not fully understood, there are a number of different factors in about it. As well as, regardless, scientists know that the regulation of a person's autography can be affected by our environment, nutritional status, lifestyle, and our own internal and external stresses. And to sum up the simple reason why this is important, important for all of us to understand is because optimizing our autography can be a great way to decrease our own likelihood of dementia. Five ways that you can optimize your autography. Avoid oils, dairies, sugars, processed food and saturated fats. And believe me, I'm not going to lie here and pretend that this will be easy to do in the slightest. <laughs> but I think that the point is more about trying to rack up these down where we can due to these foods are pro-inflammatory and these can burden our mitochondria resulting in an impairment to where their functions and their role in autography. Calorific restriction. When I first read this I was still concerned that it was going to be a part of a summer stranger starvation diet yet the restriction of the calories by using intermittent fasting increases autography and I must admit that the benefits of intermittent fasting are well we researched too but i will mention it again though but nothing on the podcast is ever any sort of official or medical advice additionally studies have shown that calorific restriction is associated with a up regulation of of autography in the brain liver fat as well as muscles and is associated with a longer healthier lifespan as well the reason behind this is believed to be because of an increase in the availability of precursors and substrates from other essential biomedical reactions. Exercise For autography, exercise has a lot of great benefits because doing a regular aerobic exercise helps to improve the delivery of oxygen and nutrients to our cells by increasing blood, f- blood flow to our vital organs, as well as it improves the transportation of a packaged and degraded inflammatory metabolites and a waste of byproducts. Basically, the things that autography is trying to remove from the body. Get outdoors. Getting outdoors is definitely something that we've covered on the podcast a fair bit. And now well, we can add something else to the list of benefits it has. Due to exposure to nature has been repeatedly shown to upregulate autography and decrease inflammatory mediators in the body like interleukins and prostaglandins. Restorative sleep. This is definitely a critical factor that I have left in until last, and this is probably the factor I've heard most about. Therefore, restorative sleep and autography work by both autography and our glampath system are highly active when we're asleep. Both of them work in synergy to improve the functioning and the health of our brain, and I know I've said it before, and it is something I am personally trying to work on more. But we do need to respect the circadian nature of our bodies and brains, 
as this does help to improve the quality of our sleep for a range of reasons I've mentioned on a different podcast episodes before and in my dementia psychology book. But this does require dedication as well as motivation and believe me it seriously does. Something I absolutely must admit I do lack at times. <laughs> However to sum it up getting a better night's sleep is helpful for ourselves to get rid of all, uh, all of the rubbish and, uh, and debris in them, which I can have at long-term health benefits. Conclusion I know that this podcast episode was definitely different from what we normally cover on the podcast, but I truly believe that this is a, a good thing. It is a good to change things up, uh, up from time to time, and it is always great for all of us to take a, a step outside mainstream clinical psychology and the other things we normally cover. As well as I think the nice thing about episodes like this is that when they do can attain unofficial tips and little pieces of information that we can all take away from straight away. Like you could be listening to this and decide that from this point onwards you will want to improve your sleep. Which was actually rather funny because when I was writing this like last night it was about like um, 9 o'clock at night and, and I was actually yawning like quite a bit. So just because this is different, it doesn't mean it isn't something that we should look at and possibly learn from to improve our lives. So I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode and that you got something out of it. I definitely like her looking at these biological psychology topics from time to time though. And if you know someone who would enjoy today's episode, then please share it with them. I'm always really grateful when you wonderful people help us spread the word today about the podcast. And definitely check out buymeacoffee.com forward slash Connor Whiteley or Biological Psychology. Available in or where the usual places, including on my own direct store at payhip.com forward slash Connor Whiteley if you wanted to see a port the podcast. So have a great day, everyone, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to see the show notes, then please go to connorwhitesley.net. And if you want a free Ada book psychology box set, then please go to connorwhitesley.net. Have a great day and I'll see you next time.